You're listening to the Screening in Kingston podcast. For more on Screening in Kingston, more episodes, info about our movie clubs, and a lot more fun movie content, visit screeningandkingston.com. Heimer has arrived for us one week later than everybody else, but we're here. <laughs> we're we made it. About it. Yeah. Um, I mean, to me, this was, this was such a unique experience and Taylor, I know our fans will mainly want to hear your theatrical experience more so than mine because you haven't gone to the theater in so long. Um, Probably but I wanna, over a year. Over a year. I want to say. Right? That seems accurate. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, I just wanted to bring up something that I observed in in doing the Oppenheimer Barbie double bill on the opening weekend. Did you do Um, it on the same day? Same day. Yep. Back to back. Oppenheimer in the afternoon, Barbie in the evening. Um, I did that because I wanted to do the longer movie first uh, and the shorter movie second. A uh, couple observations. One, uh, all the movies were packed. The theater was absolutely like even buzzing. like like Everything. both your movies, but like you think all the other movies seemed busy all the too? Barbies, all the Oppenheimers, packed with people. Um, it took me two or three extra days to even get tickets to Barbie um, because they needed to open up more performances or more like show times. Right. in order to accommodate the people. Uh, the Oppenheimer movie I was in was full. And the one that that was before that I saw leaving looked full as well. Like the amount of people coming out of the theater looked full. Um, so that's observation number one. And we know that the box office broke these movies was, were, were incredible. <laughs> like yeah. both movies are doing phenomenally well. I um, saw one headline <laughs> saying that this is the best opening weekend since Adventure Adventures Endgame. Yes, this is the fifth best opening weekend of all time for movie theaters uh, and the best since Avengers Endgame. And what year was that? That would have been... Endgame would have been 2019. Yeah, wow. Yeah, or or yeah, like, yeah, it would have been summer 2019. Um, all right. So definitely pre-pandemic. Like, since the pandemic, this is the best weekend, absolutely. The other thing I wanted to observe which I thought was very interesting. Um, from what I saw, and I, I don't know every human on the planet, but from really? what I saw... Yes, I know. I know that's going to be like <laughs> so shocking that I don't know every human being. So I can only go based on what I've seen and read right. online and saw. These two movies were not being pitted against each other. It was being embraced as a, you do both. Exactly. You go to it both. It wasn't... It wasn't, um, will you see both? It was, it's, what order are you what seeing? What order <laughs> are you seeing these movies in? And when I got to the theater, so every, everyone's wearing pink and black. Black for Oppenheimer and pink for Barbie. Yeah. And everyone has combinations. I had to go buy a pink shirt. Not because I don't own pink. I actually do own pink, but neither of the shirts really fit. Fair. So I went out and bought a pink shirt, went to three stores, sold out of pink. <laughs> Mike, not only are you supporting... <laughs> The movie industry, you're just supporting um, 
the economy in general. Exactly. Because I, 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 by the third store, I went, hey, like, I'm just, I'm looking for any kind of pink shirt. And the guy says, for Barbie? And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, we're sold out. <laughs> I was just like, what is going on here? So did you, what? did you find one in the end? I did find one. There was a different, I finally found one. Store number four uh, had a pink shirt and I had black, and I'm sure wore black and pink. You probably had to, you know, then have lunch or dinner at the mall. So there's even more <laughs> support in the economy. Lunch came before. Yeah. Lunch came before. You're absolutely right. You went to the mall food court. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> lunch, lunch was definitely had before. Um, and I just loved that. I loved sitting down for Oppenheimer and looking around and everyone's wearing packed black and pink. Like and everyone. Fedora's. And fedoras. And someone was in a suit. Okay, this is the weirdest thing. Someone showed up in like a suit, like an Oppenheimer style, like 40s suit. Good and for them. a pink fedora. And I'm like, wow, that, you went hardcore <laughs> with it. It was it was wild. I have not seen I have not seen this with with my eyes because I think I was too young when this would have happened in the 90s for like the Star Wars movies, like when the prequels right. came out. I think I was too, I was still too young to really like do appreciate that. Appreciate it. Yeah, or, and appreciate yeah. it and like see it. Like I went to see it like with family and we probably went at a more like kid friendly time to see it. Not like an evening. But you wear like Avengers stuff when you go to the Marvel movies. <laughs> Taylor, I wear Avengers stuff. <laughs> right, but you're Nobody saying it's not like the does. whole theater. Okay, got It's it, got me it. and yeah. the same guy I see every time who's wearing sort of the Black Panther necklace. It's right. me and him. Everybody else is not <laughs> wearing anything. So I just want to point like I'm very much the only person. Fair. Um, but everyone else was. And what I thought was incredible, incredible, is is the fact that we were, people were not pitting these movies against each other. It was no. not what I feared it was going to be, which is gendered. Yeah. Women Boys. over here, men over yeah. here. Now that yeah. might have been the target audience, but everyone was in both because everyone yeah. was doing the same thing I did. Like I looked around, it's tons of pairs and couples and groups and friends and a bunch of people going. And the whole idea was like, oh, like I saw a group of, I'm going to guess they were like teenage girls all dressed up for Barbie, whatever, taking photos in front of the Oppenheimer poster thing. That's cute. Being like we're going to Oppenheimer now. And like they're taking it for Instagram. And I'm just like, this is incredible. I I couldn't like especially in this this day and age in the way things are mm -hmm. right now on both sides of the equation people would normally be going nuts and yet the idea of this was not competitive was not aggressive was not even the prejudiced. cast were saying like everything. the casts of both movies like took selfies in front of each other's posters being yes. like Time to and, go see Oppenheimer. Time to go see Barbie. And even though they did that, Taylor, that's a really good point because this was not studio created. This was not a marketing plan. This was organic. Yeah. People just started doing this, calling it, you know, Barb and Hi Barbie Heimer or whatever and going to the thing. And like, ever, this was an organic thing that people put on embracing it, proving once and for all that even, even beyond what you're you're putting together because i would say oppenheimer not based on an ip based on a person but not necessarily pre-existing ip barbie yes pre-existing ip but not like the third and fourth movie in a yeah, not series. a not a necessarily like a franchise yet still still somewhat original not not yeah. you know still original in its own way both of those drew massive crowds 
breaking records. As you brought up, the biggest movie weekend we've had since the pandemic. People embraced both films, wanted to go see it. And that's just because the trailers were excellent. The, the everything around these two movies was positive. Everything was good. And here to go to proof of marketing, you don't have to try to beat another person or beat down someone else or disgrace someone or do anything in order to win. And both these movies had a big win this week. And it sounds corny. It sounds really corny, but like honestly, um, like we all win when these movies do well. One hundred percent. I know that sounds like super corny, but the reality is, um, you know, theaters are struggling. So when you have like a massive opening weekend, that's great for theater culture. And then also, it tells the studios that these are the types of movies that are going to bring people to the theaters you know what i mean so exactly everyone wins when these movies do well and i think the the positivity around the casts of both movies probably helped with that Mm -hmm. in you saying because that that was from the beginning like i remember seeing pictures of both casts going to like buy tickets for the other person's movie so that i think that definitely contributed to it and I think that's where things always begin. If you're positive, if you're not yelling at the cloud, if you're not angry and just mad and, hey, listen, there's a lot of things we got to fix in society and in life. And I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't get angry and loud sometimes, but over movies and art, we can create amazing moments in time by being positive. And that's what I saw. This was one of my best movie going experiences, Taylor, I've had in a long time. Doing That's the great. double bill, seeing both movies. I have tons of thoughts on both. It was a long day. I will say that well. As Oppenheimer well. is what, three hours? Oppenheimer is 100% three hours and not a minute. <laughs> and it's so every minute of that three hours. It is a three hour movie and it does not apologize for being very much three hours. Um, and Barbie's two. Barbie's about two, yeah. I, th- I think it's like a little under two, but essentially yeah. it's two hours. That's still, that's like, that's five, five close hours. to five hours yeah. of movie. I Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I thought that was great. And so many negative things that get brought up everywhere, always, including on the show. This was a moment to celebrate something extremely positive, especially the fact that the box office numbers are good. Now, critical reception it, from what I've seen is kind of all over the place, but the, the reviewers I follow personally... It's relatively positive. I disagree with some of the things that some reviewers are saying, but we'll talk about my thoughts today. But I just think the fact that the box office was so good, I think both these movies will probably get a little bit of legs, like they'll continue to be popular for a little bit. Boy, is Haunted Mansion in in trouble, which is opening next. (laughs) The only movie that's opening next. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what a decision. And even like Mission Impossible, which only had one week before these movies opened, is in a little bit of trouble. Um, but again, that's just the power. Like, who? By the time this podcast comes out, we'll have had another weekend of these movies, and I would not be surprised if they continue to break records. Like, it seems like people want to go see Oppenheimer and IMAX and high def and whatever. So if they couldn't get I in saw, this weekend, they're fine for next weekend. I saw that IMAX tickets for Oppenheimer are going for a, over a hundred dollars on like reselling craigslist (laughs) and people are buying them taylor people are buying them because they couldn't see it it went by so quickly like it sold so fast 
people are desperate to see it in IMAX. But also, won't it stay in IMAX? It will not. Yeah, people don't are freaking out a little bit. It'll stay in IMAX for a while. I don't think. Also, they have an or issue. to be fair, it's not. It's not just IMAX. It's like seventy millimeter or something. Like yes. it's the special. Yeah. The special. I yeah. guess like the film. Like on film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming I didn't read the article, but still, like, I'm thinking like the like the copy of it exists. Like they're gonna keep showing it as long as they're selling tickets. I'm pretty yeah. sure you don't people need are to just pay hundred dollars. Yeah, but like, I saw that. I saw the exact same thing, Taylor. Because people for the first weekend, okay, I can't see it in the, the best possible viewing. Now I'm buying for the second weekend in the best possible viewing. Oh, that's selling out. Now I'm buying for the third weekend, and people are so desperate to see it in in the best possible. Way. Here's what I would do if I was in that situation, because I'm not crazy if i'm like desperate <laughs> a i would just like wait till the tickets become available but if you like are desperate to see that movie go to your local landmark cineplex this is probably happening in america so like whatever their regent whatever their amc whatever yeah. um go see it at your like local theater so you can say you've seen it like whatever and then wet keep waiting for these special imax millimeter film whatever to come up you know what i mean like you don't need to pay a hundred dollars to see this movie honestly i'm the type of person who can't even really tell the difference between film and whatever it is we record on now so back in the day we filmed movies on film what do we what do we call it now video it's like digital it's but just like, digital is- files i think isn't okay. it like, it's just a digital recording because some films are filmed on digital and some are filmed on film. But it's like very expensive and rare now to get filmed. Yes. I will yeah. say that film movies, I like them better because they feel, this is going to sound, I'm going to sound so pretentious, so much like a hipster, but it's like warmer and like more right. on film. It's like how people are like, I like records because the sound <laughs> is richer like whatever i personally i can't tell the difference between like a vinyl record and a cd unless it's like an old record um (laughs) essentially defeating my point because i do like film better but i don't know like this whole like holding out a hundred holding out to pay a hundred dollars for film when like it's gonna be the the difference i feel like would be so minuscule between like a digital copy and a film copy i don't know maybe i'm yeah either it's a huge difference like i don't think it makes like to me it doesn't make a huge difference but i do know what you're saying where it does feel a bit warmer when when it's film and there's like grainier it just feels like it just feels you know what now now filmmakers are adding like in post-production they have to like add they have to edit the film to look like film whereas like it just looked like film in the past so i get it but i don't know i don't think it's worth a hundred dollars to get that experience personally so no uh, i would agree with that um also i'm, I'm dying with- i'm dying to hear your review because is the movie even worth a hundred dollar ticket so the reviews and we won't spoil it we'll get to your review soon but the reviews are making it seem like yes this is christopher nolan's masterpiece but as we know, you can't always um, trust the mainstream reviewers. So I'm like, is it even worth $100? Y'all are willing to shell out $100. Do you even know if the movie's that good? It's three hours. I have Better not, be the best movie. <laughs> I've never currently seen a movie in my history of watching movies that's worth $100 for one day. No! 
I've Especially never it's like, seen. You're gonna be able to rent it for twenty dollars at your house. Exactly. Like I, I get it's it, and I house. listen. Oppenheimer is a movie that I'm glad I saw in the movie theater, and I can understand why you want to see it in in certainly for the best sound and visual possible. Visual a little bit less so. This movie is not action packed. Um, it's not. It's not biopact at all it's a yeah it's 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 not even really about the war like it's really focused on the person so the the visual less so than the sound but i i wouldn't pay a hundred dollars one time to see one movie ever i don't care what the movie is like i'm not i'm also not i'm not paying 100 bucks i'm not an imax girl like i've never been like i need to hold out right see this in imax i think my father-in-law was like holding out to see Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. He was like, oh, I right. really want to see this. Or like maybe his like, maybe his brother-in-law wanted, I don't know. I remember someone recently was like, well, I want to see Top Gun Maverick in IMAX. And it's like, really? Like, I don't know. <laughs> the airplane is still going to zoom. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. It just, it, to me, it like does not matter. That is not something that I'm, I'm looking for in my movie going experience. But. Airplane is gonna zoom. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Let's let's leave on that <laughs> lovely note. Um, okay, so before we get to reviewing these movies, because we want to talk about them, we're desperate to talk about both. Before we get to it, we just got to finish our Barbie Heimer game from last week. So we won't yes. spend too long on this, but we do have a few more people that Austin sent in. Um, especially now having seen both these movies, I'm very interested to see thoughts on this one um but let's let's finish with our actors and picking which movie they'll be in um so let's begin uh we believe we left here with jason schwartzman yeah so let's begin jason schwartzman do you think where do you think he fits did um austin give us an intro to him Oh, yeah, there are intros. Oh, man. Yeah. I should probably read the actual email that he wrote. Um, it, thank you, Taylor. It's just like, oh, what? I don't know what this says. I'm going to skip to the bolded name. Uh, in honor, of course, of everyone's favorite Wes Anderson, let's talk about the great Jason Swartz. Okay. Um, this one's tough because he's largely, I would say, like a, a comedy actor like a character actor with comedic timing so based on that i would you would maybe say barbie but i feel like he has the look of a world war ii movie i think he would have been great as a scientist right um yeah one of the just like scientists they bring in so that's why i I, i'm i would vote oppenheimer and i would vote oppenheimer and possibly even he would be like the comedic relief like they would give him like a couple like yeah quirky lines to like break the tension the dramatic yeah. tension that's yeah. my, that would be my my guess uh don't let me forget to talk to you about who was the comedic relief <laughs> i'm it surprised might, there even surprise was you. i'm surprised there was there was, there was, there was actually a little bit of humor in the movie there actually Good. there was to do exactly what you just described break a little bit of the tension because it's give a, us a little bit of a laugh because it is story. a story yes yeah so I think that was that was a well done decision, and it'll it might surprise you who it was actually. Hmm. We'll talk about it. Uh, okay, uh, in honor of her recent success on a hit Netflix show, let's talk about Wednesday's Jenna Ortega. I don't like her. 
<laughs> unpopular opinion. I don't know. To be fair, I haven't seen her in a lot of things, but I she really rubs me the wrong way. Have you have you I heard Wednesday. about? I didn't. I didn't watch Wednesday because it got way too much hype. It was, and I thought <laughs> it was good. Yes, I I enjoyed it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, and she seems like so like I single handedly made Wednesday what it was. Blah blah blah. I'm like Ugh, whatever. Anyways, so she takes herself really seriously. She obviously Oppenheimer. She yeah. I, I don't think she fits in Barbie at all. Like I think no. Oppenheimer for sure. Again, again, I don't really know who who she'd play in Oppenheimer, mainly because of the age. Like, yeah, she is younger, so I don't really know. Secretary. Like <laughs> yeah. okay. I was my I was gonna go with someone's kid, but yeah, all right. Well, she's like <laughs> Maybe she's in real girl. life. She's like early twenties. Like she isn't actually as young as she. She looks fourteen. Yeah, she looks young, but she, I think she's like twenty. Yeah, um, at least. Okay, uh, next one. Everyone's least favorite on this podcast. Let's see where Jared Leto fits. Jared Leto. <laughs> Jared he, Leto has no right being in either of these movies. He'd say he could do both. <laughs> he'd be like, I can do it all. Um, Barbie. I could see him like really, really going like full method for a Ken, a Ken doll. I just think he's such the problem, like in life. He could <laughs> no, play. He could have played one of the Mattel CEOs. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> that would have been acceptable. I guess that makes sense. I, I don't know. think he's a. He thinks he's a good enough actor to be an Oppenheimer, but I don't know if he actually is that good of a dramatic actor. I really don't think he can. He can hold a candle with who's in those in Oppenheimer. Like the the Oppenheimer acting was quite superb, um, as probably we expected it would be, um, and I yeah I don't think Jared Leto can can hold up. So, so Barbie yeah, by default, but really Barbie. neither. <laughs> um, uh, after some success this year in an unusually loved superhero movie, let's talk about the Batman's Zoe Kravitz and where our hosts think she fits. Oppenheimer. In the world of Barbie or Oppenheimer. Yeah, I would say Oppenheimer too, just because I think that she probably would be able to rise up to the task uh, acting-wise. Like, I, think I don't know. Is she really in, cool. She's not really in comedies, is she? No, not that I've seen. I don't think, like, not yet. I mean, maybe she's possible, but no, she's been in more. And I think the, the dark, dreary feel of the, the Batman fits Oppenheimer way better. Yeah. 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 I think we're on the same page there. Uh, okay, two more. Um, we always have to bring up a Marvel actor uh, in in regards to, the, to this podcast, especially because of the big summer that was kicked off by Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So where does Zoe Saldana fit? Oppenheimer, but she is beautiful. Oh, I was going to say Barbie. She's got the comedic side of it down. I mean, like true, she, true. In, in all her big movies, like in Guardians of the Galaxy and and in Star Trek, like she does quite a bit of of comedy, and I feel like she could. I mean, I, I'm like she could fit Oppenheimer for sure. I just think that's the obvious. But I, I, think, I the just true, think she could do the true mark of the actor is that they can do both. Like, that's true. They could. I, she probably they, could. She probably could do both. We'll, she has we'll, some new TV show that I keep seeing all over the place. Like it's really being advertised like, on Paramount. Like, yeah, on Paramount, but I, I I don't know the name off the top of my head. But I keep seeing like even there's posters around where I live, which is really weird. Like for I've a never TV seen show. posters for a TV she's show. She's also 
insanely wealthy. Like she's one of those actresses that, yeah. um, well, because she was an Avatar, Avatar, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Star Trek, three Star yeah. Trek movies, <laughs> huge made bank, <laughs> huge. And you think, like, don't get me wrong, she's a good actress, but like when you think of like a, like when I, personally when I think of like a list, she's not the first name that no, I think of. No, but those are huge franchises. And she's done well in all of them. I just don't think she yeah. gets the credit that others do. Maybe like because she's in these big TED polls, but she doesn't get the credit. Maybe because they're like sci-fi and never one maybe. really That's respects true. sci-fi. And the fact, like, even a lot of the things she does seems to be more sci-fi action related. Like a lot of her filmography is that. But I think you could put her definitely in a movie like Oppenheimer. I think she'd do really well. I think but, so. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I guess both. Uh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is really random. I don't. I do not know why this one's in here. And Austin says, "And we're gonna finish with a personal favorite of mine, Martin Short." Well, that's why it's in it. It's a personal favorite. <laughs> yeah, Taylor. I should have read the sentence. Okay, <laughs> I should have read the sentence. Canadian before Martin Short I said that Martin Short. Yeah, Canadian Martin Short. Um, Barbie. Yeah, like I think I think he, he would have been could, a good. He could have played Will Ferrell's character. Yes. Yes. He, yes. Martin Short, believe it or not, in the same category as Christoph Waltz, would have been very good yeah. in that kind of role. Like, that would have really fit him. Um, but there you go. That ends it's a fun our game. Barbie Oppenheimer game. Thank you to Austin. I will read uh, emails. Okay. <laughs> we got to get reviewing to these two movies because I'm sure there's lots to talk about. Um, why don't I begin with Oppenheimer? And reminder, Mike. Barbie. Yeah. Reminder light spoilers. Yes. Oh, and thank you. Thank you for saying that. The movies have been out for, for now just about two weeks, two weekends at least. So And Oppenheimer is based on true events that happened yeah, you don't many, to... many years ago. So <laughs> I feel like we don't have to say spoiler warning for Oppenheimer because it's just history. But yeah. I guess I guess some people Someone's gonna get yeah. there's light spoiler warning for both. We, we yeah. will try not to go in too crazy detail, but light spoilers because we'll talk about the movies in general spoiler and i think our whole Spo sorry go ahead taylor spoiler they build the bomb <laughs> oh and you know what taylor they drop it too <laughs> i don't know i don't know like they don't just build it uh, it was used okay sorry enough kidding aside. yes and the uh, here we are talking about like one of the most, yeah, it's uh, a yeah it's a horrific it's very it's um, very bad uh, very, very bad. But yeah, and also after the Oppenheimer review, we will get a few minutes, Taylor. I'm sure our fans want to hear about your movie-going experience. Sure. So we got to make sure we'll get that in there as well. So let's start with Oppenheimer, followed by Taylor's time at the movie, and then the Barbie review. Um, okay, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan movie, uh, three hours long, absolutely. Um, as people kind of know, it, it's all about um, Robert Oppenheimer who was one of and the main scientist behind creating uh, the first uh, nuclear bomb. Um, this was all set near the end of World War II. They actually referenced the fact that Hitler has surrendered in and around this time. Um, and the Americans turned their attention to Japan and the war that's happening in the Pacific. Um, and they are basically uh, trying to build a warhead, a bomb to stop all wars, as they keep kind of referring it. Um, so one thing I will say about this movie that did surprise me, that I think is important going into it, this is very much like a character drama 
This is not a war a, movie. A war movie. This is not an action movie. This is centered around getting to know who Oppenheimer was, his politics, his background, his interests, his life, and his loves. His loves, <laughs> plur- plural, maybe more. Um, uh, and and the impact of what he was working on on him emotionally, physically, mentally. And I don't think they could have picked a better actor to to center a movie around than Cillian Murphy. I love him. Because I I gotta tell you, he is captivating a hundred percent of the time. I I he could he I don't even know I don't even know how to describe what he does. And he does it so flawlessly as an actor that this he was the proper choice. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why the movie is going to be successful and, and was very positive for me is if you're going to censor your movie around someone for three hours and it's going to be deeply character, he's the perfect person to, to do that. Um, one of the things I will say that I think did not work very well uh, that Christopher Nolan likes to do. Christopher Nolan likes to play with time mm, in yeah. his movies. You know, we, we've seen it <laughs> toss around time and sort of, you know, linear storytelling. This, this, movie was a little convoluted especially at the beginning once i settled into what was kind of going on i i got a little bit more comfortable but the first half hour or so i was a little bit surprised as what we were doing this movie is framed in three different time points the first and what we're introduced is is the actual uh senate kind of scene where you've got a senator played by robert downey jr i think it's strauss I want to say is his name. He's trying to get a, a big, better position in the American political system. So you have to go before Congress or the Senate or whatever. I can't remember who he was before, but it's basically a trial about him as a background and Oppenheimer is a big part of it. So you're, you're learning things about Oppenheimer through Robert Downey Jr. Telling this in the court scene. It then flashes back to Oppenheimer at a hearing about his actions during the second a different hearing a different hearing and then that flashes back to the third flashback which is him building the bomb so taylor we're 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 flashing back three times so it's like it's a flashback with a flashback that keeps getting now i (laughs) it's not horrible (laughs) i'm like wow i don't really want to watch this movie two Uh, court two senate hearings how boring well, one Senate hearing, one that that's not a Senate hearing, but like a committee hearing. So it's right. smaller, a little more intimate. And then the, the back in time. And, and how they try to do it is everything that happens with the Senate is in black and white. So, yeah, so I, re- I read older, that. Everyone's black and white. But the problem is, is it's black and white, color, color, not black and white, some other gradient and then color. So sometimes the only and way wait, to tell the black is and white is the future the black yeah it's like is the 60s which is confusing because wouldn't the flashback be in black and white well i think it's because 80 percent of the movie takes place with the building of the bomb like they do so after about a half an hour it does calm down a bit and we get into kind of the core story and it does keep flashing back like one thing that is good is christopher Nolan is consistent he made it work but it took me like a half hour of wait where are we what are we doing oh okay and looking at Cillian Murphy being like, okay, I think he's a little older here. Okay, I think he looks a little more grizzled. A little bit more grizzled, yeah. <laughs> he's he's not having naked time with Florence Pugh. Okay, he's in <laughs> he's in current like sixties now, and now he's back there. So it definitely 
there were moments where I was a little bit confused at the beginning. The movie did settle down a bit, but that that is just a criticism I have that disrupts the flow of the movie. I think this movie was definitely too long. Like it was 100% three hours. It felt three hours. I think they probably could have trimmed it down a bit. They were trying to make a big point about showing you the entire sort of arc of who Oppenheimer was. Right. And Taylor, this is the most surprising thing about by again both movies and movie going experience i can't believe this but the characters had arcs <laughs> they started in one place and the, the the everything that happens in the movie changes them and you see that change in, of an audience and they end up in another place and you look back on it and go wow we I went on a journey you. yes we told a story <laughs> i was i couldn't believe it taylor i was i almost hit the floor i was shocked that we actually got a story out of out of movies again and that's something that that i will say christopher nolan did a better job with here than the past three movies that i've seen of his when it comes to interstellar when it comes to tenant even dunkirk which are a little more loose this is a coherent story right it's long it's a little character driven and monologue driven and text driven like the what do you what did you call them taylor you call people once the nolan bros or something <laughs> like, i don't know some term you go they're not going to like this movie Okay. Because it's not Inception. Right. Like, it's not action-packed. This is character work and acting work at its absolute finest. Some of the technical aspects of this movie did not work for me. Um, it is a little loud at times, and it is unnecessarily loud. Is it and... loud in the way that all movies are loud now, or was it like Christopher Nolan loud? Christopher Nolan loud. Okay. Um, I liked some of the things he did. He did these little things where he interwove moments of like the sounds of the fusion of things to sort of show you what Oppenheimer was feeling. Right. And the, so, uh, you know, one of the things this movie, like, again, like spoiler alert, the bomb gets dropped. He's celebrated right at the beginning, but you see almost instantaneously, he's having visions of seeing people with their, their skin being burned off. He's having visions of this nuclear fusion, the bomb exploding. So while he's like in a room, like the the room's vibrating behind him, explosions are happening, things are happening like that. But it's, he's not in the middle of a massive monologue, which would have been how they would have handled it in Tenet. Like he is speaking, but he stops, has this moment, sound, 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 goes back to talking and you can actually hear what he's saying. Um, but I think there were still a few moments where I'm like, that's a little much like my, my senses are a little overwhelmed by this noise that's happening. Um, and I think, yeah, again, Christopher Nolan took it like that inch too far, um, which instead of, you know, me being like, this was a 10 out of 10, like it started to lower it down a bit because I, I was happy with a more drawn out character piece. Other people were not. Um, another a couple quick things. Emily Blunt deserves an Oscar for this movie. Um, she plays Kitty Oppenheimer, like his his wife later, um, and uh, knocks it out of the park. It's very weird to have her without an accent. She also plays like a really unlikable character and does it extremely well. Huh. Like, if you can make people not like you, that's pretty good. Like she that plays an, an unlikable American, which is very. very opposite her persona (laughs) yes exactly very unlikable american um she's phenomenal in this movie i thought robert downey jr was very very good um matt damon is the comic relief (laughs) of of this movie your if there was a biopic actor yeah so matt damon 
is a serious he's the general who's kind of putting everything together but his kind of like reaction to everything because he's not scientific at all so his reaction to dealing with the scientists bring a lot of humor to to the movie and it kind of does ease the tension a bit and the way that matt damon kind of behaves in the movie has this sort of he struts in a room but then is immediately like humbled by not understanding what yeah, let's get it done let's get it done exactly he's the bro <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like you can't do it because of this yeah. he's like oh my and bad it, works. it just works really well like he plays it really well matt damon's phenomenal in the movie um this this was a movie that like i will warn people it, you're in for a long character drama it's not action heavy they do do bomb tests that does happen later in the movie um the effects were pretty good from what I saw, like, I know there's a lot of different things that were practical in here. It all fit. Like, I didn't think it was, there was anything too strange or odd with that. Like the movie looks really good. It's well shot. Um, and again, the thing that I liked about the movie the most was the fact that it actually had a story and was focusing on the character more than I thought. I didn't think we were going to get, you know, three acts of this movie each an hour long. And the first bit is just about his politics, who this person is. Like, I didn't know Oppenheimer was such a, like, I want to say open-minded, but not in the way of, like, open-minded now, but right. open-minded to all things. Like, he's just somebody who's, like, at that time, he gets accused eventually of being a communist. He's the type of person that's like, well, I mean, I read all the communist stuff. Like, I'm intrigued by it, and there's aspects that I like, but there's aspects that I don't. Like, he's just open-minded in that sense. If there's something that's, you know, there is to read or think about, he's an he wants to read. Yes, and think about it. And that's that was very interesting. That was well done. Um, I'm a little bit less high on this movie than some of the critics that I, again, I mentioned this earlier, that I follow who, who you know, really, really like the movie. I thought it was very, very well done. And I did enjoy it. And I'm giving it a see it. Like Oppenheimer is a see it for me. It's just not like a smash it out of the park movie. Because I do think, like my criticisms of the t- use of time being a bit confusing at the beginning i don't think this needed to be three hours long i know they wanted to show a lot in there but there are still times that they dragged along the movie to i think try to make certain points and it just didn't it just didn't hit for me didn't resonate for me um so at the end of the day i really did enjoy this movie it's getting a see it for me just know what you're getting into if you're going to go see it it is three hours it's going to feel that way it's a long movie it's character based it's individual based. It's almost Cillian Murphy for like 80% of the movie. And then a lot of Robert Downey Jr. And it's very dialogue driven. It's very theoretical driven. It's science driven. It's speech and monologues. Um, it's not action and scene and <laughs> comedy and physics. Lots of physics. <laughs> physics all over the place. Um, so those are just things to, to kind of know about it. But again, Fantastic acting across the board. Everyone was phenomenal in the movie. I do think that it was a more coherent movie out of uh, Christopher Nolan, which is nice to see from what we've seen recently. Um, so that's why I'm giving it a see it. Cool. There you go. That's Should I, um, Nicole texted me a little, little snippet about her movie experience with Oppenheimer. Yeah. So I thought yeah. I'd read it. Um, Nicole, our TIFF correspondent. She wrote, the headline you read about Christopher Nolan being like, everyone forgets everyone forgets about the audiovisual experience. That's what she starts off with. She says, meanwhile, during Oppenheimer, I was like, why is it so loud? And everything is happening so quickly. He practices what he, practices what he preaches. So clearly, Nicole felt that he 
chose the audiovisual experience over story. What? She's not what wrong. Yeah. So, <laughs> She's not did wrong. you feel like true. things were happening quickly, despite it being three hours? Yeah, I mean, there was definitely moments of quick jumps. Like, there's a lot of quick editing. Right. Jump from here to here to here to here to here, which is a Christopher Nolan thing. Um, I definitely felt like he chose. There were moments where he chose. For the audio visual experience. Yes, I will I will definitely agree with Nicole on that one. I think still for, for Christopher Nolan and for movies I've seen all summer, this was still Better. more of a coherent story. Yeah. Where I can tell you right now where Oppenheimer began and where he finished. Like you can you can see a through line, including in the last line of the movie. You can see what he thinks of himself. Um you can kind of see that trajectory which is something you didn't get from tenet definitely even interstellar you just didn't get those things well there you have it it's a a see it but buckle in for three hours of physics yes 100 (laughs) percent um so taylor um why don't you tell us about your experience being back at the movie theater and then transition that right into starting your barbie review Sure. So I went to the good old Cineplex in Kingston with Dan, my husband, after probably more than a year being away from the movie theater. We left George with his grandparents, and by all accounts, he did fairly well on his own. So that's that's good. That's got to make you feel good. That makes me feel good. Um, We'll maybe try to have movie outings more often now. We'll see, as long as George continues to cooperate. But we went to a 1240, uh, 1240, so I guess like a matinee on mm-hmm. a Saturday. And like you, Mike, I found the, mo- the movie theater was quite bustling. Um, I didn't pay close enough attention to see like if the other theaters seemed really busy. But like right. I would say that our, our movie theater was probably sold out, um, if not like almost sold out like it was pretty packed um some people had dressed up for the barbie movie some people were not dressed up dan and i did not dress up um and it was like a very i don't know what your experience was like mike but like wide wide demographic like children um like middle-aged friends people with their parents like like full gamut like everyone was represented um And I ended up sitting beside, like, a mom and, like, her young girls. And the mom had to explain every single joke to her daughters. (laughs) So, yep. It was like, welcome back to the movies where people continue to talk. Yep. Even though they shouldn't be. Um, So that's a good way to segue into my review. I do not think this is a children's movie. No, and it's not me being like my prudy little self. It's just the, um, you know, spoiler. Like the major theme of the movie is like patriarchy. What does the patriarchy mean? Mm-hmm. How does it, you know, how does it manifest? What are the ramifications for both men and women? Um, and that is a very difficult concept, even for adults, to yeah. wrap their heads around. So, um, and it's not like oh, like. They mentioned patriarchy once and it's like a throwaway line. So like your, your eight year old won't notice. No, like it's a major plot point. Like I would say the patriarchy is a plot point in the movie. Um, 
And so, yeah, like the adults in the theater would laugh and the little girl would be like, what did they say? And the mom would like lean down and like explain the joke or like whatever. Like, I don't know if she actually explained the joke, but like would have to explain. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, (laughs) 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 So my word of advice, it is rated PG-13. So like, it's obviously a parent's out of parent's discretion if they're going to bring a child that's younger than 13. But I even think 13's a little young just because of the, but then again, like, I don't know what they're teaching in schools now, Mike. So I don't know if like 13 year olds are like hip to like structural <laughs> issues in our Probably community. more hip than we were. We're, yeah. yeah. But like, I think 13's like maybe pushing it. I'm thinking like, yeah, take your like grade nine to see the movie, but like grade eight, I don't know. But anyways, so that's my first, first thing. Cause like, all of the marketing, the marketing, you don't know what the Barbie movie's about. So, like, based on marketing, you're like, yeah, I can bring my seven, eight, nine-year-old to this movie. It's a Barbie movie. Um, yes, it's a Barbie movie, but that's not necessarily true that you can bring kids. I just think, like, so many of the jokes are going to go over their heads. And, like, oh, definitely. do the adults a favor who are seeing this movie. <laughs> if you're going to explain it to your – if you are – if you have to bring your kid to this movie, explain the jokes at home. Don't – do it while you're sitting beside people. Ah, so rude. Um, this movie is getting, like, crazy good reviews. I thought it was a lot of fun. I didn't think it was, like, I thought it was a good movie. But, like, I don't think it's probably, like, how you're experiencing with Oppenheimer, Mike. Like, mm. is it as good as people are saying it is? I don't know. I thought it was a lot of fun. But I thought it was a little bit, like, I thought the politics were a little um, heavy handed and like at a, at certain points, like kind of a drag. Like I thought it was much more fun to watch the Kens than the Barbies, which I'm like, <laughs> isn't that like so well, counterintuitive <laughs> to what they're they, trying to say? I mean, the things <laughs> that, I mean, I will say in defense of that, the things that the Kens were given to do and so the much more fun the Kens had were a lot more fun. Like they went from being, like dopey Bimbos. idiots to controlling idiots back to dopey idiots. And like, that's funny. And that transition of, of those characters and everything, like that's very funny. So they were a lot of fun to watch because that's hilarious. Yeah. And it was great. Alan too. Yeah. Alan was amazing. Played by <laughs> Canadian Michael Sarah. Actually three very Canadians, well three Canadians yeah. in this movie. Yep. Um, Ryan Gosling plays like main beach Ken. Um, and I thought like the beach, beach yeah, yeah. his career as beach <laughs> as was, beach. Yeah. Was amazing. <laughs> and then I, I apologize. I forget the name of the other uh, Ken, his uh, rival. Oh, uh, on the tip of my tongue. He's a Marvel, a Marvel superhero. Guy. Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Also yeah. Canadian. Uh, Simu, Simu Liu. Yeah. Also Canadian. So for that reason alone, you have to go to see this movie. Cause you got three Canadians in me. <laughs> major roles in this movie. And they I all just, do a very good job. Like the three of them. Yeah are very strong and that's like to, that's a to me that's a big compliment that i'm giving because i don't like ryan gosling and i thought he was very yeah. good in this movie i, I thought he did he acted which was acr- across the board the acting was great um we are i'm already seeing things online being like give ryan gosling an america fiera oscars already like um yeah, i wouldn't go that yeah far, I, don't I don't know i don't know but that's like, people are like raving about the acting i did think the acting was very good I just like I didn't like Barbie's arc and I thought it was kind of boring and I thought it was I also thought it was kind of obvious 
Um, whereas like the things that were happening with the Kens was like much more fresh and exciting to me. And like, I don't know, maybe I'm going to get a little bit of like woman hate now. <laughs> the whole movie's supposed to be like women. Yes, we can be whatever we want, but it's also very hard. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I'm like, obviously, I, no, I, like, I'm like, obviously I, <laughs> that I it's agree, hard. I agree with you. Cause I, I like, I really like this movie. I think I might've liked it a little more than you did right. from, from what you can say but but one thing i will say i uh, okay one a couple things one heavy-handed messaging yes i kind of think unfortunately i kind of think you have to be because i just don't think people are very intuitive anymore like i they're just not i wanted to say people are dumb people aren't dumb but they're just not as sometimes you have to spell it out for yeah. them or they'll get the wrong idea so i think that unfortunately the movie kind of had to spell out some things so you so you don't leave the movie being like Oh, this was the message, and like completely messaging it. Um, but I do, I do think in terms of the the Barbies in general arc versus Margot Robbie's Barbie, two different comments. The Barbies in general, that to me was counterintuitive to the movie because all you said to us was, "Here's the real world and all the problems we have in the real world, and here's Barbie world, and it's the same, but just people are in different roles. Like yeah. it's the exact same thing. So by the end of it, it's the same." And nothing's changed. But different. I thought that was a little. But President Barbie says says to Will Ferrell, "We don't want it to go back to how it was, but it does but it go is. back. It does." So Dan yeah. and I said to each other, "We're like, we don't really get the point of the movie." Well, yeah, and I think I think it missed the mark on the end there because it shows us a real world where men have more power over women and then shows us a Barbie world where women have and that's more the power funny like ha, ha. ha 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 here's the joke but then at the end of the movie it just goes back to the same a weird Barbie so he, gets to do yeah, sanitation here are two terrible worlds where everything sucks for someone and the message you don't want to give people is someone's going to be oppressed no matter what someone has to be oppressed and I don't think that's what they were trying to say and that can come across a little bit in the movie. Which, well, it just seemed, it just sucks. didn't seem like there was a solution. You know what I mean? No, there like, wasn't one. Not like, one presented. The Kens the are like don't... now the Kens get to pick what they want to do. They don't like they don't have a solution though. Like filmmakers are brilliant people, and Greta Gerwig deserves a lot of praise for this movie because I think this was extremely well directed, right up there it with was. Oppenheimer in terms of the level of direction. Like I will say, coming out of Barbie to Oppenheimer. I wasn't sure what was I was going to get. But in terms of direction, this movie's well shot. It looks great. I think it's strung together very well. And Greta Gerwig deserves a lot of praise. Greta Gerwig doesn't have the solution to societal's problems, nor I think should she be expected to. So I think that that's the, the, the solution. The movie is, no, there isn't a solution because we don't know it. We don't know what it is. And she's not getting any help from Noah Baumbach, who I'm, I'm convinced did nothing on this movie. Um, because this was actually like so well done. I thought it was well written too. Like it was funny and interesting. I feel like it was 90% credit. I think it's actually what you said, Taylor, where he like wrote a scene and she's like, okay, yeah, I'll include it. Thanks. And like, that was like, he wrote like something gets little. Cut, it gets cut out. <laughs> it gets, oh, I'm sorry. We just had to cut it for time. Sorry, And then the third thing I wanted to say was, I get what you're saying about, about Barbie, like the uh, Barbie, the main Barbie's sort of, trajectory two things one i think i was just thrilled to have a character with an arc even if it was predictable right um and two the movie didn't do itself any favors by having someone like simo liu for example say in interviews time to again oh this is unique and different this movie was not unique and different no toy story 
Lego Movie have both done similar concepts before in a similar way. What I thought this was was kind of a fresh take in a way on some different concepts we've seen done in other movies. But her her ending arc is very predictable. I'm just so happy we had one that I was thrilled that I came out of this weekend with two movies with arcs. Um, and again, I, I I know I just brought up like a bunch of negative things. I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was well-written. It was well-directed. The acting was great across the board. I'm okay with the heavy-handed messaging because I know you have to hit people over the head with certain things. And I do think this movie had some really nice things to say and really important things to say. I just wish they did have a conclusion that was a little bit more somewhere, like progressing somewhere. Even if you don't have all the answers, show us something that's better than, okay, everything's kind of back to normal. I guess, like, I don't know. I like zany like i was hoping they were gonna go like full like peewee's great adventure camp where like yes that's kind of what i was expecting too i was expecting barbie goes on a journey you know what i mean where like the stakes feel high but aren't high because you know know what i mean looking for a stake so it's not actually but it's high for for the character yeah 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 and the parts of the movie i like the most were the ones where it was absolutely insane like the the beach fight yeah. The beach war between the Kens. Like, and just Simu Liu and, and Ryan Gosling, like, their chests hitting and, like, sparks flying And then, like, everywhere. the music. I wanted more of the that. The music interlude. <laughs> yeah, like, well, when, the weird musical yeah. number that we got out of nowhere, yeah. That, like, to me, that's what I wanted. Like, those that's what moments. I wanted more of that, yes. Those moments, I'm like, I wish that was the whole movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, like, that's why wish... I was disappointed. I also wish the real world was a little more real because it, to me, Will Ferrell and everyone at Mattel seemed also like cartoony. Yeah, they felt and, like they were from Barbie land. Yeah, and I didn't, like, Barbie and Ken's interaction with other people on, like, the street, like, the short interactions they got was more realistic, but I felt like the Mattel people were also just from Barbie land, and they were, I felt they were really underutilized. Like, I don't know what, like, as we were seeing the re- resolution of this movie, they were just kind of following everyone around. And I felt like that was a little bit. Yeah, they did. They weren't, they weren't really the villains. Because no. they never put her back in the box and didn't no. want to put her back in the box. I will say the scene of all of them rollerblading was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was um, So again, yeah. like underutilized. Like if anything, like Barbie's the villain of the movie. Because. Like, you end up feeling bad for Ken. Like, Ken's, like, emotional monologue about being, like, doesn't feel so good, does it, Barbie? You know what I mean? Well, and I thought, I thought, actually, the interplay between Barbie and Ken was quite well done. Like, the the kind of, two two things that I thought was really well done in there. One was, was Barbie not defaulting at any point to being like, oh, yes, actually, I do love you, Ken. Yeah. Like, showing, like, no, 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 we have a different... And being more like, he's kind of annoying. Yeah, exactly. And, like, (laughs) I actually like that because that, to me, was different. No, that was fun. You wouldn't see that. And I think that the way she explained it and talked about it was was really good and interesting. Like, I thought that back and forth was, was really well done. And by the end, her kind of, like, really explained to him that, like, you know, maybe there were times where I also could have been better and at fault and could have been better and could have not taken so much advantage of you and i could have respected you a little more and i kind of liked how you were basically sitting here being you're telling me you had a relationship issue with two people and both 
have faults and yeah. issues and are, uh, both are owning up to it. And Ken ends up being a little better for it and kind of like moves forward in a strong way. And she moves forward in a strong way, but separately that I thought was unique. Like that's where I'm like hats off. Like that's well done. That yeah. was really well. You're, you're showing that two people don't have to fall in love at the end to both be able to move on together and separately. I thought that was really well done. Like that, that entire sequence was pretty good, but I do see what you're saying. And I do think I agree with you. I just, there was something about the bright, colorful playfulness and comedy of the movie that that made me thoroughly entertained i, I, that, I like, feel there were like some, so many comedic moments that i really loved people probably feel like i'm coming in really hard i think this is a see it i think it's an enjoyable yeah, summer movie yeah. um it just wasn't the movie that i wanted it to i be. agree i agree um yeah and that i think like it went there in some places and not others and i yeah, think it, yeah um, and I'm seeing like a lot of reviews being like, this movie is so smart. I'm like, is it though? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think it's, I think it is smartly done, but it's not innovative. It's not out of the box and it's not completely new. It's just fresh and it's kind of updating concepts that we've seen before doing a bit of a different take. And I do think, I do think, you know, I would describe it as, yeah, it's, it's well-written. It's smartly written. I, but I don't think it's an innovative masterpiece, and I don't think it's the only example of these concepts working ever, which was what I was expecting. I was expecting something completely different because I was told that I'm getting something completely different, and that's not what we got. So I do, I do think it was smart, but just maybe not as far as you or I wanted it to go, and probably because, Taylor, you are someone who sees a lot of movies, and your probably knowledge of movies is a lot greater than people, frankly, who write those reviews you're probably seeing like, well, I've seen other things that are smarter than this. And that's probably very true. Also, I guess like, um, when you are like some, like the audiences, like sometimes need help spelling things out. I have to acknowledge that not everyone has a PhD in cultural studies. (laughs) Exactly. It's very true. No, I, I, I would agree with that. I think you, you probably are someone who doesn't need things spelled out and and you can get it with more subtlety, but a lot of people, they're not where you are in that area. I'll, and that's just fact. I'll end with one last thing, Mike. I didn't need a, a quote-unquote smart movie. I wanted a quote-unquote dumb Barbie movie. I wanted oh, them I want, to yeah, fully yeah. lean into stupidity of the cat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, That's like my original comparison being like, I wish this was Pee Wee Herman, but with Barbies. That's, I just... That's all I'm going to say. Like, I didn't. I, need, I don't need a smart take on Barbie. I want a stupid take. I want Will Ferrell at his stupidest. And he yeah. was. Like, Will Ferrell was at his stupidest. <laughs> yes. And, like, I love like I love that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah, I don't need a manifesto on female identity as project, projected on Barbie, personally. Yeah. I don't need it. Um, all that to be said, the movie was fun. It was enjoyable. Um, no, it's not a children's movie. Yes, it, like deals with like pretty heavy um like identity stuff um it is a see it for me um but don't expect like a super zany yeah fun like it is fun but it's not like carefree the whole movie if that makes sense also michael Sarah, amazing yeah i'm with you on that oh Oh, yeah alan was fantastic um it's a see it for me as well um i i'm in the same boat if i was a producer on this movie i would go to Greta Gerwig as who's the director and writer. And I'd say more zanier, crazier, keep going. Like, don't hold back. 
don't feel like you need to more because I think that I personally think that we, we like, aren't the, giving people enough The credit. creator of Barbie being like, Will Ferrell being like, oh yeah, her ghost keeps an office. That, yeah, that's, that's an, so that was funny. an amazingly funny line. That was an amazing, I laughed so hard at that Stuff line. Stuff like that. So, like, yeah, like, no. It was just, ghost. in his delivery of it, where he was just so, just matter of fact, her ghost keeps an office on the third floor. And it was just so matter of fact that we didn't even need that info. But it was really good. Really well done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I really did like this movie. I thought it was really well done. Um, oh, all in all, I, I think Barbie Heimer, Barbenheimer, whatever, see it. a success. It's a see it Two two great films. Um, thank you, everybody, uh, for tuning in this week. Next week, we are bringing you our Oscar winners picks. So it's two movies that Taylor and I have picked for each other that we think the other will hate. So we'll be watching that for And if for you want to watch along, Mike, right? We yes. should mention. I'm should watching mention. The Patriot. And I am watching something with Natalie Portman in it. Where um, the heart is. Where the heart is. <laughs> <laughs> I have it written down somewhere. It's just not written for me. Where the heart is. You can is text me if you forget. Patriot. Where yes, the heart is and the Patriot. You. I probably will. And, and just a reminder, everybody, please get your fan questions into us. Um, I should know the date off the top of my head. Oh, but by the 9th, by August 9th, get your fan questions in by August 9th for our mailbag episode. So make sure you write in those fan questions. And watch along with us next week. Go see some movies.